Sports Best Podcast and Fake Live and Direct from the Re-Hosted Podcast Network. The only sports show, the only sports show on the internet that weekly consults with a palm reader, so we know we have the most up-to-date and correct sports information. He is Andrew Lookout Keller. I'm Larry Boom Boom Olson, Mr. Keller. Oh boy, do I have some very cute stats for you this week. I like cute stats. I want to point out that in 98, my junior year of high school, I was a semifinalist for being the Nobel or the poet, poet laureate for the U.S. Didn't get there. And that's why we consult the poets is because of my background in poetry and haiku. Well, it's lovely to know that you have, you're a, a wide ranging human being. I got range, Larry. I can, uh, I can spin a rhyme. I can touch your heart. I can, I can go deep on you. So, uh, yeah. Typically speaking, this is where we throw in a baseball statistic, but we're going to get to that in a second because we have some great basketball statistics to start with. On Monday night, Warriors beat the 76ers. Steph Curry scored 49 points. 11 straight games with 30 or more points, topping Kobe Bryant for the most by any player, 33 or older. His fifth 40-point game in April topped Bryant and Michael Jordan for most 40-point games in a month by a player 33 or older. During his 11-game scoring streak, he's averaging 40 points. He now leads the NBA in scoring at 31 points per game. His 72 made three-pointers in the last 10 games are the most ever in a 10-game stretch of NBA games. That's some stats for you. He's on fire. Do you think that they're using 33 because that's the Jesus number? Why are we Why are we focusing on that? Is that because how old he is right now? Like, I, I would. I see 30. I see 35 being a good marker. But is it because of Jesus? I think it might be, be, that's a good, it could be because of Jesus. Let's take it back there. There might have something to do with when Kobe stopped playing and Michael stopped playing, right? So you're kind of comparing to them. No, they both played till like, Jordan was like 40 or 41. Kobe was, I think, in his 40s. Okay, so maybe, right, maybe now that he's 33, maybe then the next I one think next year. because he is 33. They're yeah. like, okay, here's, we'll draw the line in the sand so we can write this article. Also, maybe... There's a lack of fans in the stands right now, so he's a little bit less pressure when he's on away games, and so that's helping bolster his stats. I think that's – I don't know. Steph Curry is amazing. He, the game is played differently now, so I think there's no – I mean, there's no denying that he's amazing and he's the best shooter that the game has seen, but um, I, I'm having a hard time – as you know, I'm having a hard time getting behind this. Okay, I know you love the stats, but the, the bottom line, though, is that there's really nobody else on the Warriors team that scores. So right. it might as well, he might as well take all the shots. And I watched this game in uh, Philadelphia. He literally comes across half court and just starts launching threes. It's, it's so much fun to watch. It's really unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And he hits most of them. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's like, are, is it better to be Mike Trout and be the best on a team that's not good? I don't know. I guess that's the age old sports question. I'd rather be Mike Trout. I think so. <laughs> and once you were Mike, Mike Trout, I was, and it was a great day <laughs> in Anaheim for me. Well, moving back to baseball, the Phillies fired their manager, Gabe Kapler, about 18 months ago, and they said, Hey, it's all your fault. We had lofty expectations for the last two seasons. You didn't do a good job. So in 2019, he moved to the Giants and he just got to 200 wins and 200 losses. He is a first. He's a first major league manager. It's perfectly 500 after 400 games. Is that exciting? I don't know. I think it's impressive that he's still working. I feel like being 500 isn't that great. 
for longevity of your career. Once again, I don't know how many baseball managers there have been in the history of baseball, but for the first time in the history of baseball, a coach has gone 200, 200. I just can't believe that's never happened. I think I wasn't surprised by that at all. I mean, I think that, I mean, be hovering around 500, but hitting it while someone's paying attention. Uh, I think it's kind of cool. What do you think makes a good baseball manager? I feel like sports in general in the last 20 years, we've had professional sports around long enough that players who were great are now in the position to become coaches. So Kepler was a 57th round draft pick for the Detroit Tigers. He had a decent career. Like, do you think you need to have played at the highest level to be able to lead teams? I think that might be a prerequisite now. It could be. It could be. And, the, and by the way, the, the, the jury's out as to whether Gabe Kapler's a good manager. As we know, he's only 500, um, 200 to 200. Yeah. I, I will just say this. I live in San Francisco. I watched the Giants win three World Series in five years. So I watched Bruce Bochy. We watched all my kids were into it. We watched every single play in the postseason. Bruce Bochy in the postseason never made one mistake. When the pressure was at its greatest, he met, they made every right pitching decision, every right hitting decision, like every single decision he made in the postseason. The, the margins were so narrow. And he, so I don't know. It's, I feel like when the pressure's on, you have clarity. And that's why I think good managers, they win in the postseason. That's why I saw Bruce Bochy do. I think in another life, Bruce, Bruce Bochy could have been like an NFL linebacker. I met him. <laughs> his head is twice the size of mine. His hands are like oven mitts. He's the big man. And uh, he did. Would you, would you please do your Bruce Bochy impersonation? Uh, Brian Wilson, come on out. <laughs> Thank a, you for that. that, I, was haven't worth, that in, I haven't done that in years, Larry. That was, that was worth it. the price of admission. <laughs> Making me do it. Have you heard about the uh, Super League? Has a Super League come across your vernacular? It did. Before you even sent this to me, I saw it was trending on Twitter and I said, What is that? Soccer, move on. That's what happened in my head. Uh, this is such. This is the biggest story that has hit the world like in a hundred years, and most Americans don't care. Big, I mean, it's a really big, big deal. Is it a good idea? Yes or no? Is it a good idea? It's a it's a great idea and a bad idea all rolled in one. Basically, I mean, the top twelve soccer teams in the world, some from Italy, from England, and from Spain, decided to form their own kind of super league. And the bottom line is the pandemic forced all teams to lose a lot of money. And so these super teams said, hey, we're going to form our own league and make a lot of money. So what do you say? Like businesses look out for themselves all the time. Are sports teams not supposed to look out for the bottom line? Well, I mean, just the way that I think, yes, but the way it functions is like they're going to it's I think it's only Europe, right? They're not including South America, are they? Right. So they're like, we can play midweek games in this Super League and then continue on our normal leagues, which, fine, but there has, I mean, the amount of money that these players get with their contracts, there has to be clauses on if you get injured outside of play, like, you're not going to get paid. Like, I know even college athletes at CU, you're not allowed to go skiing. You're not allowed to go alpine skiing during, if you have a scholarship, you'll lose your scholarship if you get hurt doing that. So I can't imagine their club from like the premier league say, Hey, Arsenal being like, Hey, if you get hurt in a 
Super League game. That's cool. We're still going to honor your contract. I mean, to me, that seems like the biggest hurdle. Well, the teams are in both leagues. If you got hurt in the Super League, you're playing for your team. So it would that it's not like you're playing at a different. I guess that's yeah, I guess that's true. Well, I mean, FIFA and whoever the FIFA and someone else is against this. Um, And every all roads lead to money. So I guess it is the right decision to make more money. Uh, I don't know if it'll dilute both leagues. I don't know. It's the rich, corrupt guys taking on the rich, corrupt guys. Why everybody's somewhat angry about this is that in theory, if you're an English team and you're the worst team, you could play yourself all the way up to make the UEFA Champions League. They're basically going to take that out and only include 12 teams. They don't have to qualify every year. They're just automatically in. So people are up in arms around the world saying like, hey, that's the best part of soccer is that if you're a bottom team, you could play your way in. This Super League is saying, no, it's 12 teams automatic. Right. And unfortunately, Ted Lasso will not be able to get his team <laughs> into the Super League because it's already been set. <laughs> I love Ted Lasso. If you haven't seen it yet, check out Ted Lasso on Apple oh. Plus. That is the only reason you should watch Apple Plus. It's a bad oh. platform. They don't have much content. <laughs> Ted Lasso is top notch. Jason Sudeikis is a good actor. And speaking of actors, former child actor and Jake Paul's brother, Logan Paul, is he's kind of become a boxer i mean it started out as kind of a a a larp and he did a fight but it's kind of rolled into so over the weekend he fought former mma i guess wrestler slash fighter ben askren and uh knocked him out with 112 to go in the first round and uh this fight club as they call it i think is growing in popularity he uh he, he Logan Paul was an undercard for a Mike Tyson fight. And all these people are seeing how much money this pay-per-view is bringing in and they're getting on board. Like it's turned into a whole three ring circus. Uh, Justin Bieber performed. They had sketch comedy in between fights. And I think this fight club is to MMA what MMA was to boxing 15, 20 years ago. I think it's growing in popularity. I'm really confused by this whole thing. Was this an MMA production? No, it was put on by, I don't know if Jake Paul's the promoter, but it's called Fight Club. And it's kind of just an exhibition of fighting. And uh, Jake Paul has been, uh, sorry, Logan Paul has been training and he's like a legit boxer now. And he fought a clearly out of shape Ben Askren. Like you see his fat roll crease on his thigh. (laughs) Like I think Ben went into it being like, ah, this guy's just a, a joker from YouTube. I'm, I'll be able to knock him out. And I don't know how seriously he took the fight, but he got popped and uh, the ref called it after a couple minutes. Now, this doesn't surprise me at all, is the thing that like some famous YouTube guy is fighting somebody and everybody's paying to watch it. That doesn't surprise me. But I mean, is it really like, do, do other people take it seriously? Like, do MMA fans, which I'm not one of them, did they take this serious? I, I mean, they're clearly billing it as entertainment purposes. Like they're not saying this is the top notch fighting. It's like, this is going to be a very entertaining night. It's worth, I think they charge only like $40 for the pay-per-view. So it's like, you get to see, there's a, there's a bunch of fights. It's like just a kind of a, it's something different and people are tuning in for the entertainment value. I, I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that Logan Paul is, 
is going to knock out anyone, but he's, he's calling out for Conor McGregor. So if Dana White or whoever's running the MMA at this point is smart, it's all about money and they, uh, they can co- cross pollinate. I think. Okay. I got a good idea. I'll order the next one. You bring the food and the beer, come over and watch. Okay. And then maybe he'll fight a super league player. Maybe he'll fight a super league referee. That'd be fun. Ooh, I picked that. Yeah. We have breaking old guy quarterback news. Our good friend, Alex Smith announcing his retirement, capping a 16 year journey that started as the number one pick in the NFL draft. As you know, he played for the 49ers, then the Chiefs, then the Redskins. He turns 37 next month. This all started because, Andrew, wait for it, wait for it. He was snowboarding with his father. They're snowboarding in the offseason. They're having a good time. He goes, you know what? I need to snowboard with my dad more often. I'm going to retire from the NFL. So congratulations to Alex Smith. Congratulations, Alex Smith. I also want to point out Drew Brees recently announced that he was <laughs> retiring to spend more time with his kids. And then in the same sentence says, I'm going into the broadcasting group. Broadcasting group. <laughs> Alex Smith is like, I'm going to take more walks with my wife. My kids have no ideas what's coming for them. Full stop. I believe he's going to spend quality time with his family and good luck to him. I remember when he was in San Francisco, the big, uh, criticism was his hands were too small he couldn't grip the football <laughs> 16 years later in the nfl um i think his hands were decently sized uh i'm excited for him why not i never saw his hands personally i uh they were no bruce <laughs> bochy hands i'll tell you that i'll tell you that uh do you know what tartan is tartan is it like a sauce that you put on like fish tacos uh I don't know. It might be that. It's a, it's a type of plaid. It's defined as a patterned cloth consisting of crisscrossed, <laughs> horizontal, and vertical bands in multicolors. Uh, it's traditionally Scottish. But Stuart Sink won his third tartan jacket when he won at Hilton Head. And uh, he posted that uh, he's ready for date night with his jacket collection. The most interesting thing to me on this story is that uh, when you win this tournament, you get a new jacket. They give you a different one every time. If you win the Masters multiple times, they give you the same jacket you already had. And I don't know why the Masters is hurting for money, but it seems like (laughs) if I win three green jackets, I should have three green blazers hanging in my closet. Do you have to bring your jacket with you if you play again? That's a question. So I was watching this golf tournament over the weekend and I was watching Stuart Sink because he was leading and they showed him a lot. I thought to myself, man, he looks old. God, this guy just looks like he did. he's got an adult son as his caddy. I'm like, this guy's old as dirt. And then he wins. And I read the first line of the story is 47 year old Stuart Sink. I was like, wait a minute, I'm 47. So I emailed our intern and said, holy crap, Stuart Sink is 47 years old. He looks old as dirt. Does that mean everybody says I look old as dirt? And our intern wrote back, yes. You look old as dirt. Yeah. You should set up a video camera next time you play golf and uh, take a video of your swing and then watch it back objectively and say, is that a fit looking man? Bro, there is nothing good about my golf swing. Nothing redeeming. I think what we're going to do for our next show is we're going to get that video and do a side by side with you and Bryson DeChambeau and say, (laughs) I don't know if I'll be able to tell the difference. I think uh, you're both specimens. (laughs) I am not a specimen. Listen, we just had Aaron Rodgers finish up his run as host of Jeopardy. We got a new sports host, Joe Buck, the one and only most hated sportscaster in the world, 
is going to take over hosting Jeopardy for a couple of weeks this summer. I don't watch Jeopardy. I don't know if there's a host that I'd be like, you know what? I'm tuning in the show this week. Would you tune in to see Joe Buck host Jeopardy? Will you? Um, I would. I don't think I will. I think I like Joe Buck. Everyone hates him. I'm in the minority. I like him. Uh, I think he's got a great voice. But I think the key to being a good Jeopardy host is to not really stand out. You don't need to be recognizable. You need to keep the pace. And um, I don't know. They have a whole list of people among like Anderson Cooper, Bill Whitaker, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Um, so it'll be I, I think Jeopardy's playing this smart where they're getting a list of people in to keep people tuned in. But eventually they're going to have to get a full time host, I think. I don't know. Um, it's funny you say that about the pace. Because that was the, um, they said Aaron Rodgers didn't have good pace to begin with, but that he got really better over his two weeks. And by the end, he was actually a really quality Jeopardy host. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the reps. And uh, no matter how long you've been in front of the camera, I think hosting Jeopardy is a skill set that you really can't practice. And so, I mean, even Anderson Cooper, who's been on the air forever, I think, uh, I think Anderson Cooper is my bet for the list of people they've already announced to be the best. And I think Dr. Sanjay Gupta will not be that great, but uh, I guess we'll have to tune in and see. And Jeopardy's marketing plan is working out. I hope Dr. Gupta gets his Jeopardy reps in. <laughs> gets his Jeopardy reps in, that's right. Well, Kobe Bryant will no longer be working for Nike. What? announced that Vanessa Bryant is not going to renew the estate of Kobe Bryant's likeness, I guess, with Nike. One of her main gripes was after he, after the helicopter crash, Nike was not pushing his gear as hard, um, which is not a great look for her. I mean, she has the right to do this, but it kind of, to me, reads as she was being opportunistic and wishes they would have sold more units when he was in the limelight, she plans to use his likeness to make money in other ways, but um, Nike and Kobe are parting ways. I don't, I, I, once again, let's just take this as a business story, not a personal story. Your husband's dead. Nike is going to pay you in perpetuity for his likeness for shoes. And you're saying like, I don't know if it's worth $10 million a year. I could make more money doing something else. I don't know. This just doesn't seem like a best business decision. Maybe it, it turned out to be. I think it is a best business decision. You look at people like uh, Kanye West, where he's got his Yeezy brand. Like if you own, like she could start a Kobe Bryant manufacturing company and probably make 100% of the profits versus getting paid a salary or whatever it's called for the endorsement deal from Nike. Uh, maybe it's a good business, business decision to break away. I mean, famously, LeBron James and Michael Jordan have lifetime deals with Nike. And I think she was hoping they would get that, but uh, the numbers didn't make sense to her. So she is going to go it alone. So just as a little bit of an addendum to this story, my wife has already told me that she's going to end my relationship, our family's relationship with Nike once I pass. So she's made it clear in our prenuptial agreement that's what's going to happen. Yeah, your golf, con are, you, are you trying to bring golf back? Nike golf with your, uh, with yeah. your swing? That's what I'm doing. That's what I, that's me. Well, we have a limited run with Nike Larry Golf. This has been Sports Best on the Reposted Podcast Network. Don't tell anybody Andrew's in his car. We'll see you soon.